Hello, and welcome to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge, brought to you by our friends at Ditch Witch. Bass Edge Television is currently on World Fishing Network, Wild TV in Canada, and starting on Saturdays in January, the Outdoor Channel. I'm Steve Brigman, and I'm here with Bass Edge Television host Aaron Martin. We'll be joined today by former Bassmaster Classic champion Boyd Duckett and Western gunslinger Jamie Cyphers from Bass West Magazine. We've got another great episode all right here on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. Oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that song gun, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. Here we are again. Yeah, you know, uh, three weeks in a row. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder here what uh, what you did to get punished so much. Dan uh, is out hunting again, yeah. and I tell you what, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get his agent to negotiate <laughs> my contract next year. I, I clearly did not get that right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's always a pleasure. Not, man. It's always a pleasure to have you. So, oh, it's great to be here. I'm kidding you. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Man, I did. You know, I was able actually able to go down uh, to Humboldt, Kansas uh, at the B&W Trailer Hitches Corporate Facility. And actually, I had a Thanksgiving dinner with the whole crew down there. So that was very, very nice. I had to pick up some equipment that was left over uh, from the PBR when we did that. So I just went down and joined them. And it was, it was a great time. How about yourself? Well, I did. I did. Sound like you got to, uh, I mean, I know that that was like the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and then I take it you turkey-dayed with the family yep, there. Yeah, we, uh, of course, uh, both Diana's side and then my side, and so uh, we kind of did some split time and, and uh, went back, and uh, so it, it was always good. Probably, uh, of course, being on the road, you know how that is. I mean, yeah, right probably, with us. It probably took you a couple of days to sleep that trip. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I needed a bow flex to go with me to work off some of all that I ate. You know. Uh, yeah, it was great. Plenty of football. Plenty of turkey. Guy. I, I love. I love Thanksgiving. People that uh, have seen my waistline <laughs> certainly uh, can see that that probably is well, one of my favorites. You, you know, the only thing I think with you, Steve, is. The only way that Thanksgiving could be any better is if the, if it was like this seafood holiday instead of turkey, you know, where they were serving stuffed flounder or, oh, you know, yeah. some kind of stuffed seafood. flounder with some shrimp in there and <laughs> big old, maybe some lo- a little lobster garnish. Yeah, yeah, that'd work. I don't know. I can go either way, but, wow, it's just, uh, it's kind of surreal a little bit that we are finished shooting this year's season. Man, I know. Of course, the, the preparation is ramping up for the Outdoor Channel, you know, making that uh, transition and looking forward to that. But, no, you're right. I mean, it was almost uh, like when we finished up down south, it was kind of odd. I mean, you know, you felt relieved in a way, but then it's like, man, where in the world did the year go? Yeah, you know, I, I know when we were sitting there uh, waiting for the trucks to back down the ramp that last evening there in Alabama. It was cold, and, you know, it was that uh, evening light, and it just seemed like the close of something. It just seems all so appropriate. I couldn't help but think back to 100 degrees in Louisiana, (laughs) Sam Rayburn on a sunny day, fish busting frogs. Man, it it just, it was a surreal moment, and 
what a season. Folks are going to just love seeing the shows this year. Yeah, and I can't, I personally, I can't wait to see it. I mean, when I think back on a lot of those memories of who we fished with, where we went, uh, the things that happened, I mean, you know, we had such just gifts that happened to us while we were out on the road. For instance, you know, the most recent was that bird trying to attack our topwater, and that's all I'm going to say about that, because I don't want to give it away, but I mean, just things like that. I mean, it's, it's going to be a great season. Yeah, Aaron Martin, up personal and close with, <laughs> with uh, Florida bird life. That's Folks are going to get a kick out of that. Hey, man, I hear you got some good news. <laughs> yeah, we have some big news. You know, uh, Dan and I have been talking uh, about a month ago. We brought up the fact of, uh, you know, just giving the economy and trying to come up with a creative ways to save some dollars. Well, you know me. I'm about as technologically savvy as, as what I am, a uh, chess player. And so finally, everybody back at Studio A gave us something to work with and, and put it into a formula. But essentially what we're able to do, we're going to be passing on some savings. And that starts, that's it's exclusive basically for uh, the Edge listeners, which is here on the podcast and then also e-newsletter subscribers. And the way that it's going to work, Bass Edge is offering special discount codes that can save you money. The first code, and essentially all you're going to have to do is when you go on to BassEdge.com under the shopping section, is there will be a box, a separate entry that you can do under coupons to where you can enter in the eight-digit code. But the first one of which is the purchase of Season 1 and Season 2 Bass Edge DVDs, and you actually receive $5 off. So instead of it being $39.90, it's going to be uh, $34.90, if my math is correct on that. That's a great price on that set. Oh, I know, I know. And um, so I didn't come up with the items or the amounts. I just said this is what we want to try and do. So thanks back to Don everybody there. But that particular code number, and if you've got to have a pencil on this, so get this ready. I'm going to give the code. It's 07F as in Frank, 9389F as in Frank. Okay. Um, the second one is if you buy any two Bass Edge shirts, you get the third shirt absolutely free. Now, I don't know who came up with that, but that must be coming out of you and I's salary, Steve. That's all I can say. So, <laughs> I, I, that's about, Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, you, you know, when I said uh, I come up with some discounts, they're actually going to give that one away. So My salary, about three shirts. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but that, that code is E is in Eric, 1, D is in dog, B is in boy, 3, 9, E is in Eric, F is in Frank. And then the third and final one is just kind of a blanket coverage. You spend $50 on Bassett's branded merchandise, you're going to see 10 bucks, uh, save $10 off of that, so that's 20% savings. And that is, the code number is C is in cat, A is in apple, A is in apple, 2, B is in boy, 4, 4, F as in Frank. So three ways uh, encourage people to take advantage of that. And uh, anyway, well, that's a great deal. It doesn't take much to spend fifty bucks because I mean there's a lot of neat, really neat things in there. Yeah, it's just in time, you know, for the Christmas season. That's going to be good for thirty days. So it's kind of our way of saying thanks to uh, our e-newsletter subscribers as well as our podcast listeners. Those are great. You guys take advantage of that out there. Now I tell you what, let's slip away to a commercial here, Aaron, and come back and hear what Boyd Duckett has to say on fall fishing. Sounds good. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. 
All right, we are back on the edge, and joining us for this week's Angler Spotlight is BASS Elite Angler and former Bassmaster Classic champion, Mr. Boyd Duckett. Boyd, thanks so much uh, for being part of the edge. Aaron, thanks, man. It's always, always have a great time with you, whether we're fishing, talking, or whatever. Yeah, it's always fun. It is always fun. And, you know, did you get you a belly full of turkey? You know, I always eat too much at Thanksgiving <laughs> and Christmas, and that, that's the requirement. That's you know, right. that's the requirement. Well, you know, speaking of eating, we're here to spend some time talking about bass fishing. And, of course, we're, we're at the latter part of November, getting ready to break over into December. But uh, the bass still have to eat as well. They do. And I tell you, one of my very favorite times of the year to fish is the fall. Uh, of course, you know, I live in Alabama, so fall, the good fall fishing for us is November and December. I like I like fall, and I guess the relative term is, uh, you know, water temperatures in the 50s. Mm-hmm. I like it from 60 to 50. You know, anywhere yeah. in the 50s is good temperature for us. It may come a little earlier at Lake Champlain than it does at, right. uh, at Lake Martin, you know, but uh, but still that fall fishing is fantastic. Well, and, and when you talk about <clears throat> fall fishing and, and basically seasonal conditions, um, just in general, you know, you bring up a good point that if you're in Champlain, playing but the bottom line is that that temperature swing i should say takes place regardless of where you're at in the country it's the same the calendar's different but the fish act uh, very much the same has been my experience uh the further north you go it just happens a couple three weeks sooner down south it lasts a little bit longer but you can take the same techniques we use in reservoirs in south alabama and use them on reservoirs in Arkansas or Indiana because that's what I do. So when you look at the, kind of that range, that 10-degree range, which is actually a, a pretty good span to deal with between the 50 and the, and the 60 degrees, are there things that are taking place uh, that you look for, you know, that you're always going to target when when it kind of starts broaching into that parameter, I guess, of, of temperature? Absolutely. You know, fall means eating. The thing to remember when you're fall fishing, unlike the spring, in you know, in the springtime, the bass have two things. One is they try to eat pre-spawn, but more importantly, they have a spawning urge and they have a desire to be close to spawning areas, spawning flats. So they'll sacrifice even the main forage to go get close to their spawning areas to pre-spawn swim and do all those things. So that puts fish in a different place in the spring normally than it does in the fall. In the fall, make no mistake, it's all about eating. If the bait's in the center of the lake, the basses are in the center of the lake. When the bait's in the back of the pockets, the bass are in the back of the pockets. They give up their desire to be uh, associated with cover as greatly. Now, not that a bass doesn't always like cover, but if the food is not where the cover is, the bass has no reason to be there. You know, deep brush piles, if there's no food down there, they're going to get out of the deep brush piles. Normally, they're going to swim, and uh, that brings us into great fall action. You know, crankbait season, moving baits, spinner baits, crankbaits, you know, moving action baits are normally what I try to get on. That's the pattern I search for first. And then, of course, one of my favorite things to do is throw top water. Top water's great in the fall. What I'm keying on there is uh, finding bait fish close to the surface. You can visually see bass breaking on the surface. That really gives you a good opportunity. But that's my starting point. I'm going to go to a lake, put the boat in the water, and I'm going to go find the bait. So uh, when you say go find the bait, is that something that you're doing with your electronics, with your eye, and and what areas are you looking at first? Normally the bait schools start to ball up and move towards the mouth of the creeks. And I'm talking about reservoirs now. Uh, River fishing is a little bit different. We'll touch on that in a second. But in reservoirs, which is the majority of what we fish in the country, you've got bait schools that start to move into the creeks. They like that change in the water temperature. And they'll start moving their way back. And I'm going to go in with my electronics, and I'm going to look for bait and try to figure out what kind of depth it's in. If you see the the shad schools 
or the bait fish if it's blue backs in the Carolinas, um, you know, L wives in some of the northern lakes. But if that bait is close to the surface, then I'm going to give my topwater a chance. Also, the topwater works really well when the bait is all the way in the back of the pockets and you can get them, say, in five feet or less. Because regardless of where the bait is, you're in a good strike zone for the fish. And and another key to the topwater, it always produces the bigger fish. You know, a big fish, you, you throw a, a Sammy out there or a Spook out there, that's where you're going to catch a big one out of that school. So are you physically looking, you know, when you see schooling act- activity, you're basically, you're, you're throwing your topwater amongst them? Absolutely. I'm looking for fish to be breaking, or they don't even have to be breaking. I just want to see bait present fairly close to the surface, and I'm going to try the topwater first. Let's uh, kind of taking it down. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, the walking style baits uh, are, are your first preference? The walking style baits are my preference because it's a larger profile, and there again, coming from the tournament world, I'm looking for the bigger bites any chance I can. Oftentimes, though, a, a pop R, that popping style, smaller bait, that can really be the key when they're chasing small bait. It's not that I'm past throwing that, but I just start with the walking baits because they're using the bigger fish. Any colors before we move on that, that uh, kind of stand out? Chrome and shad. You, you, can, you can't go wrong starting with that in the fall. And then when, one thing that you had mentioned earlier was if they're up in the water column. How do you determine what, you know, say, weight of spinnerbait or depth that your crankbait dives to? What's kind of your, your rule of thumb there? Well, there again, I'm looking for, uh, you know, if we take the center of the fall feed when the and that would be when the fish are all the way in the backs of the pockets they're chasing bait in five feet or less well you've got some great options there you know a rattle trap is just hard to beat any place in the country i'm telling you when they're in the back you you take a rattle trap you can work it uh, you can hit the bottom with a half ounce rattle trap up to probably five feet deep on 10 pound line i like to bounce it across the bottom you get it's a high percentage bait you get to cover a lot of water with it so i'll have a rattle trap the top water bait those things tied on. If the fish aren't all the way in the back where they're most accessible, and I say that because basically it squeezes the water column and you don't have so much to fish. If they move back and they're in 15 or 20 feet, like when you and I fished together last, the bait had moved out there. Now you've got a big water column and you have to pay a lot more attention to the depth of the bait. Don't pay as much attention to the arches unless they're locked on the bottom, but normally it's not going to be a bottom bait. Normally those arches are going to be somewhere in around the level of the shad. If you're in 40 feet and the schools of bait are in 20, then uh, you're going to have to find a way to work that water column. And a lot of the guys are afraid of that. One of the things you can use that really works well is something like a tail spinner or a jigging spoon. You can either vertically get over them with a jigging spoon. I like to throw a tail spinner like a McSpin. I can throw it out there, count down to that depth range, and uh, I rip it up and let it flutter down, rip it up and let it, let it flutter down. And you can have some great days doing that because... Big schools of fish will be out there in 20 feet of water, and uh, basically they're they're untapped by the guys that are fishing the bank. Well, and I think you bring up a good point, because when I think of schooling fish, I think most of us uh, stereotype that as being the carnage that is taking place on the surface when you see the school come up and it's busting, and you're able to throw the top water that you spoke of a little bit earlier. But all schooling activity does not take place at the surface level. Absolutely not. In fact, uh, you know, if you spend a lot of time out there, as I have in some of these uh, deep clear lakes in the south, you know, I've actually watched the schooling activity on my graph. Now, electronics are really important when you're fishing the way I'm talking about, where you're keying on schools of bait and fish. You want quality 
you know, I use a 113 Lawrence unit. You want something you can trust and you can count on. But I've been over a school of bass, and I've watched the arches come up and break schools of bait apart. All this is happening 20 feet deep, but trust me, it's going on down there. And you drop a jigging spoon down there, and before it gets to the 20-foot range, thump. Right. Yeah, he hits it. You can literally have five five bass and five drops when it's when it's happening. Absolutely, you can, man. It's It can be an exciting way to fish. And even if it's uh, more scattered than that, it's still probably quicker than bank fishing. You know, you, you feel like you're out there in the middle of the ocean, you know, right. fishing. But uh, rely on your electronics. Now, one thing you can do, know that if the bait is not there, there's no fish there. So, you know, you are you can't just go sit in the middle of an area, you know, that's 40 feet deep. You're, you're definitely looking for the bait, and you're also looking for associated arches, which will be the fish. But if you find that uh, situation, which happens all the time in the fall... Don't be afraid to play with it. Try to find a way to catch them on a jigging spoon, a tail spinner. Um, I've actually taken a drop shot, you know, a light, a 316 ounce drop shot with a finesse worm, drop it straight under the boat into that 20-foot range and shake it and catch them on a drop shot. Well, and I think that is where, you know, obviously by focusing and keying in on the bait, the location of the bait, but you first have to make sure that you spend a little bit of time, maybe idling around with a big motor and find that school of bait fish before you even waste your time of, of dropping the line over. Absolutely. You've got to know they're there. When I say school of bait, you're not looking for a single school. One ball of shad won't keep a great number of fish but when i go into that creek i start my way towards the back and my boat with the big engine running you know if i go over eight or ten balls of shad that's a lot of bait right there that then you've got an area that you can fish let's transition to and one of the things that you started out uh, by saying the difference between let's say the reservoirs and and the rivers can you break down how that river system might differ from let's say a major reservoir yeah we've talked mostly about reservoirs and and actually i live in demopolis so i live on a river system and i fish that a lot because it's they're right there at the house but uh in a river you won't see those fish out in the center of the river like you will in the backs of the creeks of a reservoir what i'll normally find because most rivers in the fall it starts raining again and they're current related so what I'm looking for are probably creek mouse. I'm looking for ledges where the original river channel, you know, th- there may be 20 or 30 yards, and then it drops off into the river channel. And I'm looking for places where current is going to blow those bait schools up against a river ledge or even a laydown that reaches way out there that gets over the main channel. Ambush points for bass. So they they, they remain uh, more more like a summertime pattern almost, except for they're not really related to the cover they're they're only in those ambush points and and I still look for it the same way. I'm going to ride those little river ledges, I'm going to check ditches and creek mouths that come into the river and I'm still going to look for bait to be present. If the bait's present, that's where the bass are. And do you agree that, you know, when you talk about those ledges, I think one of the unique uh, opportunities from a bass's perspective is that they have the opportunity to move up and down very quickly in the water column but still be related, let's say close to like you said a, a drop off because as those ledges step up you know, if the pressure changes, uh, essentially, you know, if they're on the main, uh, you know, channel bend or something like that, they can just move vertically up and down without having to swim, let's say, three or 400 yards off of the, you know, a long flat point. Yes, they do. And and almost always when I'm catching them, it's at the level of the bait, which is normally the top of the shelf. That bait will move over across of them and they'll come up off of the ledge, use the top shelf of the ledge. And my approach then, because rivers normally have a lot of cover and a lot of trash, probably going to throw a crankbait in most cases, sometimes a big heavy one-ounce spinnerbait or something, 
but it's a it's a real crankbait situation on rivers. So are you wanting to more or less keep that crankbait um, if they are feeding, let's say, at the top of the shelf? Do you want to make contact with the top of that of that shelf? If I can fish a crankbait and make contact with something, that's always better. Always better. A crankbait swimming through the water in open water is probably one of the hardest ways to catch a fish. I, you do catch a few, but most guys will, will uh, if you'll think about it, very few strikes in, in your career do you get with a crankbait swimming in open water. It's either got to hit a treetop, bounce off a limb, or in most cases be, be working off the bottom to get that reaction bite. And and that is, again, just because perhaps if they're not in a feeding mode or if they are, they think that, that maybe that uh, bait fish is trying to get away. You know, it just, I think it provokes a reaction. Really what I believe is that a crankbait is not a very natural looking bait in the water and they don't buy off on it. Now, that's the real deal, because I've thrown it to the schools, <laughs> and I don't know any other way to explain it, but I can take that tail spinner, which looks a lot more natural, it's small, and uh, when, the, you know, we talked earlier about those fish being in 15 feet of water, say, schooling under the water, and I can run a 15-foot deep crankbait, and very seldom do you do well. Right. They just don't buy off on it. <laughs> well, and speaking of doing well, uh, you know, you and I obviously have an upcoming episode for uh, Season 3 on Bass Edge, uh, to where we got to fish Lake Martin. And obviously, we don't get it, want to give it away, but uh, we had some tough weather conditions, but had a great, uh, great fishing day. Well, I guarantee you, you know, Lake Martin is a great spotted bass lake. And uh, like you say, it, it ought to be fun to watch because they weren't doing anything <laughs> that I thought they were going to do. You know, I'm supposed to know something about Lake Martin, and it was like going to a brand new lake. So uh, making those adjustments, and, and like you say, we had we had a great day, and that's something you need to watch. Exactly. We both learned something, and uh, so obviously all the listeners need to check that out uh, next year there on the Outdoor Channel. But, uh, boy, unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, again, congratulations on uh, qualifying for the Classic, and uh, we'll be rooting for you in february and uh thanks so much for your time you're very welcome always a pleasure aaron aaron i could listen to boyd all day boy I, you know i'm the same way and, and of course uh, i'm a little biased because you and i both had had the opportunity to spend some time with him in person but uh you know the guy never changes he's a great angler i mean obviously he's won the Bassmasters classic but uh i just find that he his twist and how he breaks things down uh, is very easy to understand and also obviously it's proven well for him well and, and you and i saw close up and personal that he is the right guy to talk about fall fishing we shot our show uh, this fall with him on lake martin in alabama in my goodness we caught a lot of fish <laughs> oh i'm gonna start calling him hammer time because i mean that's exactly how it is and you know i thought his discussion points that he brought up you know uh, by really identifying we talk a lot about seasonal conditions but he even took it a little bit of a step further and by actually kind of defining some parameters on what he i guess breaks down the water temperature that 50 to 60 degree range that he really likes to target bass in the fall well, you know, and then that kind of goes for all over the country. And, of course, that's going to be a little earlier and later, depending on where you're at. But, uh, you know, fall fishing is not a calendar thing. It's more of a water temperature thing. And Boyd did a great job explaining that. Yeah, and, and you know, his comment, when, when you think about, you know, the fall versus the spring fishing, but when he said that fall means one thing, and that's eating, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty interesting. But then when he threw that kind of that explanation of the spring, you know, springtime, similar pattern, similar, you know, water temperature situation, 
situation that they're dealing with. But in the springtime, the bass have another thing on their mind, and that's the urge to spawn. You know, they kind of start off on that eating thing, trying to get the energy to spawn, but bam, they go into that spawn, and, and it's just a it's just a totally different deal. But the fall, I mean, they're pretty much gorging themselves, so, sort, of like, uh, sort of like we did on Thanksgiving there, yeah. <laughs> getting ready for the... Uh, Getting for the cold weather, and yeah. as simple as it sounds, it's so true. You find the bait, you find the fish. No question. And you know, I thought his all of his explanations as far as moving the baits, you know, the top water, the spinner baits, crank baits, those moving style baits, uh, starting at the mouth of the creeks, subsurface schooling activity. Man, that's an interview. I'm probably gonna have to go back and listen to it again. Oh yeah, and and of course this fall, the fall shows we did all had a little schooling, but they all had a little uh, fishing for those schools once they went down. Also, yeah, yeah, and uh, to me, obviously the the surface action is great, but then you get them below the surface, and it can be just as carnage. I think is uh, the term that you've coined, but uh, yeah, it, a lot of fun. Thanks, Boyd, for man, just a great interview. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have to get him back again soon. Hey, Aaron, I tell you what, man, let's slip away for just a few seconds and come back with Jamie Cyphers. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 towing pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The Tow and Stow Receiver Hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. All right, we are back on the edge, and joining us this week for the Inside Edge is no stranger to Bass Edge, and that is Mr. Jamie Cyphers. Jamie, thanks so much uh, again for being part of the edge. Aaron, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. You know, Jamie, I mean, uh, you, obviously you've been involved with us through the quick tips, through the Ask the Pro questions. You know, we filmed a show together, but one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on for this particular segment uh, kind of in the Inside Edge is because of just the amount of resources that, that Western anglers use. And, uh, you know, I mean, everybody knows that um, – uh, there's a lot of kind of tricks to the trade, but really when it comes down to it, you know, quite frankly, there's a lot of us that, that use the same thing, Bass West Magazine being one of those. Well, absolutely. Uh, Bass West is um, by far, um, in my opinion, one of the best publications in the country for the latest and greatest techniques. Um, you know, the first and foremost in bass fishing. And, um, you know, as an editor with uh, Bass West, I may be a little bit biased, but uh, we work really hard in that magazine to make sure that we are really getting the latest and cutting edge techniques, uh, what's going on in the industry, the, the best lakes in the country. And, you know, it is a Western-based technique magazine, make no mistake. But, you know, over the last decade, we've evolved into a national publication that I can guarantee you every major pro in the country subscribes to and, uh, and go, you know, looks for this. This is where they, where they exchange information and see, you know, Ski wants to know what Ish is doing. Ish wants to know what Skeet's doing. And make no mistake that somebody, you know, like Clark Wendland or somebody back east, they want to know what they're both doing. So it is a great, great resource for anglers to find out what's going on in the country. Well, I know I can remember, you know, when I got involved early on in the, in the sport of fishing, that was one of them that uh, obviously I kind of revered and, and had held very close just because of the information that it contained. But it's also, I guess, almost taken on the reputation of kind of being the pros pros magazine, I guess. You know, it, it's no secret, I'm sure, to the best as uh, listeners that have, have heard me on here before. I also work for Legend Boats, uh, one of the sponsors of the show. 
And with my capacity with Legend, I end up buying and purchasing a lot of our advertising. So I work with a number of publications, and I have a huge, huge respect for those publications like Bassmaster and, and the Bass and Walleye magazine and things of that nature. But you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter what part of the country I'm, I'm in, uh, what publications I'm dealing with. There just seems to be a huge amount of respect for this publication. Um, as far as kind of being the one that springs the story, so to speak, on a lot of these great techniques like swim baits and drop shotting, split shotting, uh, flipping for that matter. A lot of these techniques that come out of the West, because Western anglers do maybe have to work a little bit harder because we have less water and we have less fish per square mile than many of the uh, different reservoirs and lakes back east. So with that, you know, we're... Anglers are ingenious. They're going to find a way to catch fish, and, and Western anglers have figured that out. And, of course, those applications apply to the entire nation. So, You know, and, and kind of along the same lines as far as Bass West USA magazine, you know, two other areas when it comes to information as well as just not only techniques but also tackle and then the sharing of ideas. There's two other affiliations that you have. One is going to be with Bass Tackle Depot that I've got to tell you, when I was out in California, you know, just seeing the amount of tackle and the unique things that, uh, you know, you say you don't have very many bass per square mile and things that we have out east. Well, I've got to tell you, you have some tackle out there that we don't have out east either. But, um, you know, the Western Bass is another example, westernbass.com, that is, you know, of just ideas and ways to share information and, and be able to kind of expand your arsenal of, of fishing techniques. Well, absolutely. Westernbass.com is um, is just a huge resource because you have, you have literally, you have some of the top pros in the country for from all across the country. You have a ton of tournament anglers that fish regional team events, stuff on the local waters. You have uh, club anglers. And then you have the guy that just wants to go out and just really hunt for big fish or just enjoy the day with his son. And everybody gets on this website. I mean, everybody in the western United States utilizes this website and shares information. So, you know, it's great to go out and see a, a tremendous product and be able to look on BassTackleDepot.com or, or Bass Pro Shops or something and see product and you've heard about it, but where you can actually get on and share ideas and you can punch up a question and say, guys, I'm new to swim baits. I live in Virginia. How do I catch them? How do I set the hook? What kind of line? What kind of rod? And you're going to get just a plethora of guys that are going to jump in and want, you know, we're all anglers. We all, we all want to run our mouth. We all want to share information. We all want to tell you our great stories. And so all of a sudden you, you'll have 200 hits of guys that are going to jump in there and give you their experiences and give you some great information. And so with that, we all become more educated. And I really think because of Bass West USA and WesternBass.com and, and then the ability to go online and purchase these products with Bass Tackle Depot, we really do kind of evolve and become better anglers as a whole. Yeah. Oh, no question. And, and to me, the, the sharing of information, I mean, you know, it's no secret from a Bass Edges perspective, that's what we're about is, is the sharing of information. And I think the more that we can get you know, other resources out there and to be made aware of, it helps us all evolve as anglers. Well, I absolutely agree. And, you know, I think um, I think you and I have had this conversation before, and, uh, and we both agree on this fact that tournament angling in itself has been such such a responsible factor in growing the sport and bringing us to the point that we are with electronics and with uh, GPS and with our rods and our line and our reels and then the top quality baits that we're using now. And with that, we also have, as part of Bass West USA, Western Bass and Bass Tackle Depot, we have U.S. Angler's Choice Fishing Tournaments. And we have four regions across the United States. We have 84 different trails across the entire United States that guys can get together, show some camaraderie, 
fish right there in their in their backyards, um, exchange that information, test their skills, and then qualify for regional championship where they get to go fish for a couple different legend boats and Mercury Outdoor packages. And uh, so, you know, winning a boat's great. Uh, we're not all going to have that happen in our careers, um, but at the same token, the camaraderie and the exchange of information hands-on um, with other anglers in our vicinity is, is a tremendous asset as well. Yeah, no question. And, and just getting to, like you said, the camaraderie, but also having fun and participate in the experience. Because after all, you know, you and I have talked about this before, it's about figuring out the fish as much as, as what it is about winning, let's say, a tournament or a competition against uh, doing some shin-kicking with your buddies. Oh, absolutely. And there's that point, like I said, there's that self-gratification of just, um, you know, I've said, and you and I have talked about this, I mean, there are times where I go out, I always want to get a limit. Just bring in a limit to the scales. It doesn't matter if I'm fishing FLW or the U.S. Open or if I'm just fishing a club event or, or I'm just fishing against my 11-year-old son. You know, I want to go out and I want to have a successful day on the water. And, of course, you know, we hope that if we're successful here and there and we, we do a little better than other guys, that, you know, we'll cash paychecks. And, of course, for some of us, that's a huge aspect of our income yearly. But the bottom line is, you know, we want to go out and we want to go ahead and compete against those fish. We want to go out and have a successful day and share that with our family and our friends. And uh, these are all valuable resources that a gentleman, maybe or a man or a woman or a family getting involved in bass fishing can utilize all of these nationally and, and be more successful and, uh, and of course, uh, educate themselves and become a better angler. And that's exactly what Bass Edge and all of these other uh, media resources are about, making us all better anglers and better stewards of nature. Well, Jamie, once again, so generous with your time, uh, with all the many things that you have going on. Thanks again for being part of the Edge. Wish you the best of luck in the future. And, and again, uh, we'll be in touch very, very soon. And uh, just as a reminder to all the listeners, make sure you go to the Ask the Pros section under BassEdge.com. Uh, send in a question. Jamie will be happy to answer anything, any question that you might have. Jamie, until next time, my friend, thanks so much. Hey, thank you, Aaron. Always a pleasure. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's tackle system by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to The Edge. Well, Aaron, it was great to hear from Jamie. Uh, I know you guys fished uh, out in California this year, and that's the one trip I didn't make. Yeah, and it's a good trip, and I always like the the Western influence. You know, by going out there and actually experiencing uh, not only, obviously, the fishing, but just the the bait selection, and and I thought the resources that he brought up of what what the Western anglers rely on, uh, you know, concerning the magazine and the website and the various different things. Just kind of enlighten me. Well, yeah, it's good information. Bass are bass. And you don't have to live out west to get that magazine either. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, we have a giveaway winner this, yeah. this week. We do, and it's actually it goes out to Bob from South Lake, Texas, down in, uh, well, of course, Texas is a big state. I'm, I was yeah, about to say that was probably a good part of the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Bob actually receives a Cook's Go-To Tackle Management System along with a Bass Edge decal, so congratulations out to Bob and uh, getting that entry in. You are, in fact, a winner. And we also uh, actually have a listener question uh, this week. And our question is from Kurt in Newburgh, Oregon. Kurt wants to know what's the best 
best way to attach a trailer hook to a jig or spinnerbait. And, uh, Kurt, we threw this actually out to Travis Ruley to give you a response. And he says, basically, hi, Kurt, there are actually a couple ways to rig a trailer hook on your spinnerbait or even buzzbait. But as far as the jig is concerned, the only time I have ever felt like adding a trailer hook to a jig is while I swim one. The most common way to attach a trailer hook to a spinnerbait is by purchasing a spinnerbait trailer hook, which includes the rubber tubing or plastic tubing in the packaging. This tubing acts as an anchor to keep the hook from coming off the point and barb on the spinnerbait. Simply place the rubber tubing over the eyelet of the trailer hook and thread the spinnerbait through the eyelet and tubing. Make sure that the trailer hooks match the bend of the spinnerbait hook. This will make sure that the hook is the right side up. One other technique which I love to use is a feathered treble hook on a spinnerbait. Not only will this bring more action to your spinnerbait slash buzzbait, but if the fish even swipes the bait, it will become hooked. I found over time that the bass have become accustomed to spinnerbaits, so a lot of times they will just nudge it. When this happens, I deploy the feather treble hook as a trailer. I like a size one or one-out treble hook for this trick. I still use the rubber tubing over the eye of the treble to keep the trailer intact to the spinnerbait. I rig it with two hook points up and one hook point down. This allows the spinnerbait to come through cover with ease. One thing you need to keep in mind while throwing this combo is to soften up the tip of your rod and fight the fish more like a fish caught on a crankbait. The gap on the treble hook is smaller than the gap on your spinnerbait's main hook, and many fish can be lost due to overpowering a fish. I hope these tips help you on your next trip. Sincerely, Travis Ruley. So thanks, Travis, uh, for that answer. And uh, basically, thanks, Kurt, for sending in the question. We appreciate Kurt for that question. Now, don't forget, folks, check out all of our latest Bass Edge merchandise. Sign up for our e-newsletter. Send in your Ask the Pro questions, video tips updated weekly, and enter our product giveaway all on Bass Edge. We're out of time this week. Hopefully we can coax our outdoor Dan out of the woods next week because it's going to be a great show with uh, Mike Iconelli and Dr. Fish himself, Jay McNamara. For Aaron Martin, I'm Steve Brigman, and we'll see you next week right here on The Edge. Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make the Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, V&W Trailer Hitches, MegaWare Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent, Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstart Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.